evening and welcome to another episode of the DFWTO podcast. I'm your host, Casper. And I am your other host, Becky Gremlin. Here to bring you all things spooky on Wednesdays because... Wednesdays are for podcast. Let's go to the mall! Okay, so <laughs> let me tell you how I made that connection in my brain just now because what the hell... So, you guys, tonight we're going to be talking about a serial killer well-known in Canada. Um, my brain went Canada. My brain went Robin from How I Met Your Mother. And then <laughs> that's how my brain went from point A to oh, point B. cool. Wow. Awesome. So, you guys, like I said, tonight we are going to be talking about Robert... I forgot his what's his Oh, Picton. I Pick- always I keep wanting to say Pickney. I keep wanting to say Pigton because he's the pig killer. So I keep fucking up and saying Pigton and not Picton. I keep wanting to say Pickney for some reason. Like, no. Robert. No. Um <laughs> But this guy um was well very well known, like I said, in Canada. He uh was known as the pig farm killer or the butcher. And he was convicted of only six murders, but confessed to, like, 49. So I'm very interested to get into this crazy story. But, of course, before we do, a word from our sponsor. Calm your body down. I was on key for once tonight. Look at me. perfect. We're going to be perfect. Um, alright guys, only news I have is that the end of this month, the, uh, snowball bath bombs will be gone. Otherwise, there is the 3 for 18 pack of the oatmeal, lavender, and rose bath bombs. You can either mix and match or buy all three of one kind. Otherwise, um, calm your body down everywhere, Etsy, Instagram, and, uh, TikTok. Thank you. Calm your body down. Bing. I'm gonna need to make a TikTok with you and sing that. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Tune in later to see <laughs> our TikTok post of me going, Come your buddy down. I really hate how the recording volume decides to not be, you know, where I put it before. I was going to say, yeah, sorry we didn't. I'm sure they had no problem. Yeah. <laughs> but did we, did we come in? Did we come in clear? Hello? Testing. H- testing. Hello? Hello? It's me, Mario! <laughs> anyway. Um, so me and my boss will do that. I'll be like, hello? And she'll go, is it me you're looking? And I'm like, no! I am singing Adele! <laughs> I'm like, our generational gap right there. Also, you should tell, you, you should know the difference. I mean, right? If it's Lionel Richie, it's gonna come in more. Hello? Uh, thank you. Not... Hello. Thank you. Very or different. Fine. Very Hello. Different. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Listen, all of those hellos were, all three of those were very different. So, very recognizable. And I'm hellos. of the generation that know all three. So, yeah. Yes. Well, you guys, let's go ahead and start getting into this story about Robert Picton. Almost said Pickney. I don't know why I want to say Pickney. Maybe I'm trying to say Piggy. <laughs> it's it's because the name is too close to Pig is what it is. And <coughs> excuse me, the irony. Right, exactly. 
So that's why I keep, that's why I said I kept wanting to say picked it, Pigton. So we. Which just, totally sounds like a British name anyway. I don't know. I mean. His name but, is Robert Pigton. Robert Pigton, the pig bomb killer, did some murders. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know this is in Canada, but for some reason that's just Pigton totally sounded. Yeah, and most of the people in Canada are from France. Very, yeah, and they're like, no! Um, so Robert William Pigton is Canadian. He was born October 24th, 1949. He was also, like I said, he was known as a pig farmer killer. Or the butcher. Um, he started his span of crimes go from 1983 all the way to 2002, and of course he had a year I graduated high school. 2002. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I fucked up and said, "Oh, it's been 10." Nope, it's been 20 whole years since you graduated high school, old woman. <laughs> <laughs> literally 22 years or 20 years this I'm month. like no I'm not that old but um so he is mostly known for feeding his victims to his pigs and his pig farm we will be using which is a lot more common than people think there have actually been uh Robert's case globally became more well known but there have actually been quite a number of cases out there where people have used animals um not just pigs but uh other animals to uh dispose of bodies if you go way back to our carl panzeram episode um there was the the men that he killed and pushed their bodies off the boat and they got eaten by the crocodiles mm-hmm Yep. So, yeah. But in all reality, you know, feeding a victim to a pig will go very undetected because pigs eat that shit and there's no evidence left. That's just, I mean, that's how it goes. That's why, that's probably, to be honest with you, why he did it. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that pigs are omnivores just like humans. Uh, they eat meat, vegetables, everything. So typically, uh, I mean that they will literally eat everything. They they will eat whatever you put in their trough. Like they they just eat whatever. They're literally pigs, which is terrible because they are pretty intelligent. But if you're just farming them, like he was, you know, I mean it was pretty much anything that they could be fed otherwise they didn't eat so it's not like they really cared one way or the other if it was a body or not it was just something to eat so they could eat um and we'll get into this later too it was also rumored i don't i don't know um well this is obviously what we'll get into if it was true or not that but i do know that there was any meat production coming from that part of Canada was stopped because it was thought that there was actually human remains that he mixed in with the pigs that were slaughtered that was actually sold um, to meat markets because that farm was run as a pig farm that meat was sold to manufacturers. So yeah, imagine uh, getting one of those pigs. Oh God. Uh, <laughs> you think you're just having a pork loin and it's Peggy Sue's Bye. Just make sure you got some Chianti. (laughs) I'm going to hell. (laughs) Because that wine actually does pair with pork. 
which and I you know what they was say. A really sick. That was a very sick joke for Thomas Harris to throw in the Silence of the Lambs. When I found out right. years later that Chianti actually paired with pork, I was like, you know, they say that sir, humans taste like pork. It would. You sir. know what? Well, it does, it does figure that we would taste like fucking pig. <laughs> you know. You know. You ever lick yourself and you taste salty? Pork is salty. I mean, I mean, why do you think animals lick your legs, lick your hands, lick your face? You're salty. This is going in a direction I don't know. If you die before they do. Coco might eat you. I just said. I'm imagining my mom's fucking guinea pig Coco just chopping away. (laughs) My mom and dad's guinea pig's name is Coco. And she's just like, I'm so hungry. That bitch fucking climbing out of she her cage. She jumps out of her cage and eats. And she's like, I'm so fucking hungry, you bitches. They're like, why is half their face missing? They didn't have any dogs or cats. And they're getting picked up. Duh. Duh. Like, <laughs> That's such a terrible <laughs> <fun>. <laughs> The reason why it's a funny-ass joke is because it would literally never happen. No. But this the, the, the literal thought of a... Yeah, guinea pigs don't eat meat, so it oh, wouldn't happen, but that God, was a really funny thought. so fucking funny. I totally forgot. Because Coco... I totally <laughs> forgot the little... Her name is Coco. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Hilarious. Oh, that's... <clears throat> yes, thank you. So, guys, we're going to be using a great um, article that Becky found from... It's called the media. It's called medium.com. And this honestly is this site has really great. Yeah, we've used this. Uh, I was mentioning the Casper. I'm definitely sure we've used this in prior episodes. They um, write, they write amazing, really great articles pertaining to a lot of true crime. Well, they do good um, making it concise yeah. and like putting it in a good, um, what's the word? Timeline, putting it in a good timeline and like. Well, and it's a really good, easy format for us for podcasts. Yeah. I know we've utilized Wikipedia quite often and other articles, but sometimes they're not as concise, so it kind of you kind of have to jump around a little bit. They're a little um, bit like word vomit. Like, you yeah. get so much information, and it's just, like, thrown up everywhere. But uh, this particular article was written by Tim Connolly about two years ago, and uh, very well done. Very, oh, my very God. Very I was well like, done. 2020 was last year. <laughs> okay. I mean... Literally, when I hear people go, it was two years ago, I'm like, what? Do you realize that one month... I'm like, what? (laughs) One month and six months... What? One month and six days from today, it will have been two years since the shutdown. Ew. What? That's fine. We're all fine. We're doing great. talk to you again (laughs) so anyway so the suburban town of you're gonna have to help me here the suburban town of port coquitlam thank you i gave that a shot (laughs) is a 45 minute drive for anybody that lives in that town right outside vancouver um 45-minute drive from Vancouver, Robert Willie Picton owned a pig farm in his sleepy suburb. He often slept with his pigs and spent his spare time trying to win over drug-addicted sex workers he picked up on the east side of Vancouver. Oh, my God. Hey, baby. 
Do you want to come home with me and see my pigs? I couldn't imagine. Honestly, I'd be like, well, can we eat them? <laughs> Are you making bacon? Because that's what's going to get me to come over. I mean, like, bacon, yes. But... No, not but. I mean, I don't. Because <laughs> we like, don't want to eat that. What else are you talking about? <laughs> like, I mean, I would bacon, yes. Anything else to do with pigs, I don't think I'm. Well, there's pork and sausage and bacon. And oh, if we're not okay. eating the fucking pig, yeah, if we're not eating any pork. Then I don't. I don't I'm gonna have a problem, sir. I don't. I don't want to hang out with you and your pigs. Okay, forty-one-year-old virgin guy in the fucking basement. It's a guy with his fucking pigs. Yeah, that would weird me the fuck. Like, <laughs> I would, I mean, I follow a lot of pig rescue farms. That would be fucking awesome. That would be cool as like, hell. If you're like a and normal, I want pigs. Like, you're I would like love a to have normal pigs. person, and like, but if you're this super weird, plus just wait till we get into like just how he was raised and everything. He, oh yeah, it's great. Like he smelled off anyway. I mean, he hung out with pigs. Yeah, on a, but not on a good farm. So that, ew, yeah, it's all bad. When he couldn't get the women he wanted to save to quit drugs, he murdered and dismembered them. He hid their remains in pits on his pig farm, rendered what he couldn't bury, and in some cases ground up their flesh and organs for food, which he gifted to friends and acquaintances. Oh, yeah. Great. That's right. I made you something. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Picton cruised East Vancouver in the notorious area known as Hastings for most of his 49 victims, and Vancouver police ignore the dozens of missing women. Of course. Born in 1949, Picton grew up in a dysfunctional farm family. The Pictons had a reputation as being mean and unsavory. Louise Picton, his mom, had few teeth, and the ones she had left were rotten. She... <laughs> Sorry, it was the way right. I put that. She was loud, fast-talking. She was loud, fast-talking, and up and screeched. She had it was really that was so accurate. I'm sorry. She had little hair on her head and so often wore a scarf. Louise had long hair that grew out of her chin as well as a mustache. So basically, um what she habitually wore only a house dress and jeans. Yeah, they're oh god. By all accounts from people that lived around that town, not only she like she was as ugly of a person on the outside as she was on the inside. Like, she was a very homely woman and not, and just a terrible person to boot. And honestly, it's one of those things where you're just like, you got the nerve to be that motherfucking ugly and, and you're an asshole. That's what never, that's what I never understood about super ugly people that have the nerve to be mean too, where I'm just like, come on now. They've been bullied because they're ugly and now they're just bullies. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Please don't do that because, you know, it's it doesn't do anything for you. It makes you ugly on the outside and ugly on the inside. So what are you going to do about that? Well, now? I mean, you can, there can be people that you are genuinely, like, not attracted to. And then there are some people who are like, I'm sorry. They're just physically, no, for whatever reason. Right. But if you're, if you also are, like, a terrible person on the inside for whatever reason... It's just going to make that worse. Like, people will see past anything physical if you're a good person. You'll see past I could give any... a flying fucking shit what you look like if you're a good person. 
genuinely don't give a shit. But it's just like, and here you have the other spectrum. You could be so good looking, so what the world considers good looking, and then you have a piece of shit heart, you're, you're ugly. Period. So. Goes both ways. When, and that's when you're just like, what? No. <laughs> no, thank you. Like, no. This is a cruel joke. You cannot. Why are you physically attractive and your heart looks like Gollum? Like, what is happening? Like, you are terrible. Some celebrities that fall into that category. Oh, there's some, like, true-to-life people I know. <laughs> well, yeah, those people, too. Not gonna call any of those I people mean, out. <laughs> anyway. Trying to be a better person. When you're trying to get right with the Lord. <laughs> When you want to call out good-looking, ugly people, but you're trying to get right with the but Lord. you're trying to get right with the Lord. <laughs> so, like their mom, Willie and his brother Dave, Willie is Robert's nickname, inherited a tendency to talk fast in high-pitched tones and had low self-care and social skills. Dave fared better than the younger Willie, however. The family's pigs wandered in and out of their house, and as a result, Picton's childhood home was filled with pig excrement. Oh. Isn't that great? Wow. The pig kid slopped what the, <laughs> the pig you. kid slopped that is a sentence and a half might as well the pig kid slopped just a slip <laughs> the pigton's kids slopped 200 pounds every morning and evening and the brothers constantly smelled foul i mean imagine slopping fucking pig shit every morning yeah i would imagine i mean yeah the Pigton's house was located at the bottom of a long hill. At the top of the hill was the town's mental hospital, which employed a sizable portion of the Coquitlam's residents, including healthcare workers. At school, these children of professionals disliked and excluded the Pigton kids. The school was one of their few escapes. Willie and Dave spent the rest of their time on the pig farm. Their sister Linda fled at an early age to have a more normal life and grew up to become relatively well-adjusted. Good for Linda. Good for you, Linda! Good oh. for Linda. Yeah. Willie had a strong attachment to his mother and barely interacted with his abusive father. Okay, again. He dropped out of school freshman year yeah. and his peers picked on him for the way he looked, the way he talked, and how bad he smelled. You know, if you showered every once in a while, it probably would have helped. When Willie got upset, it rumored it was rumored that he would crawl into a butchered hog carcass to hide. Wow. Willie Picton has often told a favorite story... <clears throat> That he claimed <coughs> shaped the man he became, although some think it is a play for sympathy. At the age of 12, he bought a three-week-old calf at a livestock show, the first ever he'd purchased with his own money. One day he came home from school and able to find the calf. His father sent him to the barn where he found his calf hanging from the barn ceiling, butchered. You know, I think even before all that, if that story was true, this kid was pretty well on his way to being fucked up. <laughs> so, I mean... The the ingredients were there. Yeah. They were definitely there. There was enough trauma there already. So, um, in his teen years at the age of 14, Willie moved to another pig farm that he would eventually own as an adult. The acreage was littered with pits of quicksand and included a lagoon-like cesspool. Eventually, Willie filled the many acres with junked cars. The farm had 700 pigs that needed to be slopped. If anybody doesn't know, that's feed, fed mash. Um, like pig slop, it's usually just like a feed. mixture of grain and 
yeah, a bunch of other stuff, three times a day. By the time he was 15, Willie was working full-time with his brother as a pig farmer. He only bathed about once a month and uh, rarely changed his clothes or his boots. Y'all, I'm going to be up front. Ew. I can't handle... Oh, but if he looked like Daryl motherfucking Dixon, some of you bitches would be... I don't even want to motherfucking talk about it. Listen, that show, god damn. I'm the only person I feel like that watched that show that thought two things. They never... Why are you fucking? I mean, Norman why Reedus are is good you... looking. But why are but you there was fucking? one episode in particular where he licked his fingers and I literally thought I was going to vomit where i was like i have not seen him bathe not a not a hand wash not a sanitize not a nothing like why are you all fucking like when you have four seasons in like a week oh listen or a week everybody like a thought that that scene with abraham and what what's her face was so hot when they fucked in the library and i'm like i'm smelling all kinds of every oh my god that's so gross i'm like <laughs> Oh my god. I mean, y'all know sex has a smell. Imagine that smell being But if you up. stank, if you stank. <laughs> oh my stank. god. No. No. Uh, immediately no. Immediately no. Immediately no. Listen. I <laughs> Listen. This is what I imagine. Imagine going. I'm sorry. Going, it's just that Willie ugly as hell and everybody's like, oh, he stank. But if he looked like Daryl motherfucking Dixon, oh, I can look past the stink, bitch. Get the fuck. I don't care what the fuck you look like. I don't listen, care what you look like. If you stink, I'm not. I'm absolutely. Listen. Not. Imagine going like to the gym. I don't care what you bitch, like. I don't care. No, absolutely not. Go to the gym, work out for about two hours, then maybe like go for a run, have sex immediately after. Immediately. Don't oh. cool off. I'm not saying, I'm not going to sit here and be like, okay, well, you know, cool off and then have sex. No. Have sex immediately be after. Be hot. Be hot and, and sweaty. Spank and then and do sweat. it. That is probably a tenth no, of what No, literally it would smell do like. that every day for three days and don't bathe. And then, and then have sex. <laughs> if you can find someone to do it. Oh my God! Because, bitch, if I can smell you from across the fucking room, I'm not, I'm not getting close. Like, I'm like, oh, he's kind of cute. What's that smell? Is that, is that Daryl's smell? Bruh, we've been here how long? Bruh, do you have smegma? And, and we got showers. We got showers. And he, oh, oh, God, <laughs> stay over there. No, no, I just not. I'm so sorry. I just immediately thought of The Walking Dead because I was like, ugh, why is anybody on this show having sex before y'all get anywhere that you are bathing at? Like, I don't even care if it's the end of the goddamn world. If we have not bathed. Oh, no. If we have not bathed. We, there have to be baby wipes or something. <laughs> like, we have to do. We, Take me to the river. We Take me to, to that. We can fuck in the river. We That's fine. To. That's fine. <coughs> but if we haven't bathed in a day, even. We have to find I can't a hose, stand my own Some smell. bottled water. 
some Listen. baby wipes, some some something. Some I can't something. handle my own smell after oh, not bathing for oh, a day. Oh my god! Listen, much less somebody else's. After a day, you're like, whoa, that is definitely me. Yeah, <laughs> that I is me. Like that is me. That is all me. Not to mention, listen, when you're done having sex and you still haven't bathed, you're gonna get a disease. Anyway, um, because I love in movies and like TV shows where they just like, especially The Walking Dead, like they just fucking go on. Like y'all haven't bathed. Let me tell you what's. Let me tell you the only time I, I love how ever, we, we're talking about this right I, now. I just want to say very quickly though, the only time I'm ever believing any sex scene on any show or movie from here on out, just kind of throwing that out there. I want to see a fucking towel. That's all I'm asking. You never see one towel. Never. Well, also they kiss. Afterwards. They kiss twice, and then they're already done. They're like, mm, and why is she always grabbing the sheets? Like, we done seen everything. And then all of a sudden, you're grabbing the sheets like he does it, but you're covering it up. I don't know. Anyway, we went off on a thing. Anyway, I'm sorry. How um, did we? How it's did just we all get stupid. Here? Um, <laughs> I just, I could not get past that. I'm sorry. I just couldn't get past. And I, of course, just first example about my head was The Walking Dead. But well, like, that's a perfect example. Any of these but... shows that are like, a post-apocalyptic and <clears throat> and you're having sex scenes and nobody there ain't there's been not one hint of any bathing or sanitizing or any type of anything remotely to do with bodily cleansing cleansiness cleansiness isn't even a word but i'm just saying it is now it's a <laughs> now. it is now bitch <laughs> I literally, I think I smelled that sentence, though. Oh, my God. Oh, okay. Moving on. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> we had a very good dinner. So don't want to ruin it. Um, <laughs> it was delicious. His brother, Dave, had a somewhat more normal life, uh, dating, staying in school. But like his mother and his brother, Dave had a very nasty disposition. At the age of 16, Dave was driving home, saw a boy walking alongside the road. He hit him with his car and then sped off. The boy lay injured, but still alive. Louise Picton went back to the scene, rolled the wounded child into a ditch filled with water. The Royal Canadian Mounted Police discovered the boy in the ditch and noted that his death was caused by drowning. Dave was charged only with leaving the scene of a crime and received four years of probation. Louise got no consequences. Dave went into demolition while Willie became a butcher and continued farming pigs. They also began keeping horses at the pig farm. Willie's favorite, Goldie, died after four years. Willie decapitated the horse, took the head to a taxidermist, then mounted Goldie's head on the wall of his bedroom. And, uh, which is pictured. Lovely picture of it, uh, if you wanted to take over. In 1978, who? I'm so sorry. In 1978, Willie's father, Leonard, died at the age of 91. That same year, a fire broke out and killed 600 pigs. That's a lot of pigs. In 1979, Louise Picton passed away at 67. God, Jesus, the age difference between the father and the mother. Like, that wasn't kind of fucked up? I don't know. That's fine. Despite the rough year, the farm was worth nearly a million, and it would be divided among the children. They each received 90000 from their mother's will. 
To get his money, Willie was required to run the farm for 10 more years until the age of 40, but he would also receive 20000 more than his siblings. <clears throat> Willie ran a slaughterhouse and butcher shop. He would kill by slitting the animal's throat or using a nail gun. Wow. Okay. He'd then hang the animal by its hoof. This is the procedure he would later use in butchering women. Because we have hooves. He dumped the butchered bodies of dead animals and women into a 40-foot hole he dug for that purpose. Yeah, I mean, you can say whatever he wants that he was a butcher, and, you know, I'm I'm sorry to anyone out. I, we eat meat. I apologize. I know that none of, none of what anybody that is that kind of person isn't going to think that there's any humane way at all, but what he was doing, I think we all can agree, is definitely not humane. Uh, he was practicing on what he was getting ready to do to people. And as we all know, as been, as this has been told many times before, that there are direct characteristics between serial killers and abuse of animals. It's basically they're, they're practicing. I mean, animals are innocent. They have no voice. They can't speak up for themselves. They can't fight um, back. They can't fight back. So... This is the perfect practice. You know, if you have no soul enough to do that in the way, you know, that he was doing it and other serial killers have done it, uh, to animal, done several different disgusting things to animals. I mean, uh, you know, their next step is going to be people because at that point they don't care. So nope. if he looked at, <coughs> he looked at those women in the same way as he treated those pigs. So that means... Again, another natural trait of serial killers. You're, uh, you know, and this is just the psychopathy of it. You're, you're not a person. No. Because yeah, there's no, there's looked, no human. There's no human. Yeah. If they no. looked at you like that, they wouldn't yeah, kill you. No, you're an, you're a thing that just needs to be disposed. There is no human element left. So. So the sprawling farm became a popular spot for house angels and other outlaws as a chop shop and party center, but it was still a working farm. Willie took his meat to West Coast Reduction, a rendering facility. Rendering plants process non-edible body parts into byproducts. The meat is processed and cooked until the grease is separated or rendered. The grease is made into cosmetic soap and candy. Ew. There's also goo left over, which is made into food and treats. When the investigators finally began... When investigators finally began excavating the pig farm, there was forensic evidence of human remains. They found body parts in Picton's freezer. All right, Jeffrey. Evidence from the farm also hinted that Picton fed his victims directly to his pigs and likely group up human flesh to mix with pork for sale to the public. After these gruesome discoveries, the local health department issued a warning about any meat sold to the okay. by the Pictons. So that that was true. I for a little while thought that was a rumor, but no, that was definitely true. Um. Vancouver, like all large cities, has its dark side. On the east side sits Hastings, the place to find hard drugs and sex workers for quote-unquote dates. With his parents dead, Willie Picton began to spend a lot of time on the streets of Hastings. He chose women he would become classified as the less dead among law enforcement. In other words, women of color, drug users, and sex workers whose lives in the eyes of many lawmen didn't matter. These women, however, had caseworkers, families, and friends who noticed when their daughters, sisters, and friends never came home. That's the thing that always disgusted me, especially in cases like this specifically, where these men target 
women that are drug addicts or sex workers is to think that because they either chose that or were pushed into that, that that makes them even more deserving to die in that. And that they literally have it in their head that nobody cares about them. And this is starting all the way back with Jack the Ripper. I mean, yep. this goes all the way back all to specifically back. targeting and some machismo way to punish these women for being something that you consider less than as a woman. So that is deserving of them to be tortured and mutilated and, and, and murdered. Um, I just, I just always thought that was disgusting because they, they, they are faces, they have names, they have families, they are mothers, sisters, uh, you know, daughters, friends. They, there are people out there that give a shit. Yeah. That actually care about them. Uh, the Vancouver sun began reporting a raft of disappearances too, yet the police did not make an effort to solve the mystery of the missing Hastings sex workers for over a decade. That's sickening. There's another really interesting case that happened out of Canada that we definitely need to talk about that. I'm sure everybody is very familiar with the, um, Ken and Barbie murders, Paul Bernardo and Carla Homolka, yeah. especially since Carla Homolka is just walking around free, married with kids and like nothing fucking happened. Um, it was very interesting when Paul Bernardo first started as a, a rapist and before he got with her and started, or actually I think he might've committed murder before her, but anyway, um, he would target at first and it was always like, um, you know, it just took years. It took years before the police would do anything. I mean, for, for whatever reason. And it's like, oh, well, how far does it have to go? Oh, people die. Hmm, what do you thought? Um, Evidence, Vancouver. actually. Evidence of people die. Because <coughs> right. people were dying, but nothing was made. Right, done. and that too. That too. Um, mm. Well, and again, in the way that he was able to do it, that's the other mm -hmm. part of it too. If you have... The thing that pissed me off with the Paul Bernardo thing, if it's rapes, you have... You know, he's leaving evidence. If it goes into full-blown murder, like in this case with uh, Willie Picton, Robert Picton... The way that he was actually able to get rid of the bodies made it even 10 times harder. Right, I'm that's like, true. Because you, you there's no... no trace. Nothing. And even if they were, here's the other fucked up thing. Even if somebody last saw them with Willie, Willie says, you know, they came to just party or do drugs or whatever. If there's no evidence that he, he would be a suspect. But mm -hmm. again... There's no evidence other, you know, so that goes into all of it as well. The Vancouver Police Department was put, was to put it lightly unmotivated. It's another part of it too, unfortunately. <laughs> they took the attitude that the women who vanished from the Hastings area just decided to leave town and good riddance. With no bodies, it was very easy for a VPD <clears throat> to treat the crimes as if they never happened. The Royal Canadian Mounted Police, which is basically like a mix between the Texas Rangers and the FBI, offered to help, but it was rebuffed. That's disgusting. Um, head honchos and even one Vancouver mayor took the attitude that the victims weren't quite human, and racism also played a, a part. I mean, it unfortunately does in some cases. Uh, about 15% of the sex workers in the east side were Native or Indigenous women, yet 40% of serial killer victims are also native or indigenous 
Three other serial killers were operating at the same time as Willie Picton as well. 14 Vancouver women were killed in the 1980s when four serial killers, including Picton, were operating in British Columbia. When they finally began investigating the missing women, the VPD investigation to excavate Picton's property cost $70 million. See, that's the other part of it, too. They don't want to put this money into it. Another, another factor that dissuaded VPD from looking more closely at Willie and Dave was their crew, who included various outlaw bikers. In addition, the pig farm was a huge profitable business operation, and it made both Dave and Willie very wealthy men. In 1995, both brothers opened a club on the farm that they nicknamed the Piggy Palace. By now, Willie had murdered at least 20 women. Oh, my God. The club had security, bartenders, bands, and brought in thousands a night from alcohol sales and side, if you want to call this a side business, <laughs> cockfighting. Um, some of the Piggy Palace patrons were also cops. It is believed that some policemen in the ranks were aware that the farm was a likely spot where missing women could end up. See, you start getting corrupt cops. You start <clears throat> all of this mixing in. Indigenous women, women of color being wealthy, now corrupt police. Rich white men in power? <laughs> that face. The first likely murder victim was Wendy Louise Allen, who disappeared on March 30th, 1979, and the second, Rebecca Guno, also thought to be murdered on June 22nd, 1983. After these two, the murders happened more frequently. The next victim met her fate on January 1st, 1984. In 1985, Will picked Tracy Bunyan up for sex. He took her back to his trailer. She said the smell of Willie in the trailer was disgusting and his trailer was full of women's clothes. He assaulted her with a knife but eventually drove her back to Vancouver. Tracy reported that Willie said he was giving her one chance to clean up her act or else. Willie used his rage over his victim's drug addictions to justify murder. Like the Green River Killer, <laughs> he believed he was the savior of street workers and was helping mankind by cleansing the world. Willie liked to play the part of the nice guy who wanted nothing more than to help others, especially women. He did just I, that. That literally, that sounds like right out of the playbook from Jack the Ripper. Yep. All the way up through. I know a lot of people bash the hell out of this movie, but I'm telling, and it, it's, you know, mixed with a lot of fiction as well. But uh, the, the Johnny Depp, Jack the Ripper movie, that fucking movie. I mean, when it really gets into, when you start talking about feeling like you're, you're cleansing women of the, oh my God, like that, that got real deep into that shit because it was mixing in, um, uh, the, uh, free, uh, from hell. God. Yeah. Cause the from hell letters. Uh, from I know a lot of people bash that movie, but I thought it was really well done in the way that it mixed in, uh, like the Freemasons and, you know, and religion and like this whole, you know, we've got a cleanse of the, I mean, it just, and it, again, it goes back to this thinking that you're, you're helping not only mankind, but in some sick way, these women. Yeah. I'm going to help these women by like, killing them. No, I'm not going to try to pick you up off the streets and take you to rehab and give you money and and buy you a wardrobe and get you clean and a job and, and help you in that way. No, I'm going to rid the world of your existence and torture and murder you. It'll help you. It'll help me. It'll help everybody. And the fact that, I mean, God almighty, you, by, the first woman was, was rumored to be 
they believed was murdered in 1979. So by 1995, when he's got this club running, he's started. I mean, that's, oh my God, that's almost 20 years now that he's killed, that he's killing and still hasn't been caught. Like, bro, I'm going to need. And still hasn't been caught. I'm going to need you to. Uh... But yeah, Gary Ridgway was another one. I almost completely forgot about the Green River Killer. He was another yeah. one of those that just had that attitude that they were less than nothing so it was somehow doing the world and them a favor <laughs> yeah it really did it really again, worked there this is all these are psychopaths you know again they're all terrible these are not people. people these are just objects for them yeah so exactly uh 1997 picton took wendy lynn elstetter, elstetter to yeah. the farm for sex then handcuffed her and stabbed her in the stomach. She stabbed him too and both got treatment at the same hospital. Elstetter's attempt to get a conviction led nowhere because she was a drug addict. Prosecutors deemed her too emotionally unstable to testify. <laughs> you get stabbed and then you're like, hey, and then they're like, nah, mm -mm. you're a drug addict, so Sorry. whatever. No. In 2002, the RCMP checked out the farm on an illegal weapons charge. Uh, thank you to the Royal Canadian Mounted Police for actually fucking, like, taking a stand and, and doing, doing something? something after all this fucking time. <coughs> Lord. Um, they came in for an illegal weapons charge and found the belongings of some, some of the missing women. Again, this is always what fascinates me with how much these guys don't give a fuck, especially if they're just disgusting orders like, like Robert Picton. They don't get rid of anything. You walk in and it's like... All of this evidence, I just, I didn't get rid of any of their clothes. I didn't get rid You're like, wow, why would you have a bunch of well, just it, random women's clothes It's everywhere? just like Ed Gain when the when the police walked yeah. in and smelled that smell. And he's like, it's just a bunch of Oh, I just in my kept basement. everything. Like, wait, um, what? <laughs> uh, they began a time-consuming investigation of the pig farm and the Picton brothers, one that should have begun 15 years earlier. You think? Shortly after their investigation got into full swing, a man walking in the swamp that stretched out over Picton's property stumbled upon a human skull. After waiting a day and a half, the man who himself had had a history of legal troubles contacted the police. DPD discovered the skull had been sliced in half by the hand of a butcher rather than a surgeon. Forensic scientists estimated the skull had been there between one to two years based on the amount of grave wax they found clinging to it. The skull turned out to be a DNA match to a rib bone the VPD had already confiscated from Picton's property. The pig farm had also yielded two human skulls that had been sliced in half in exactly the same manner. As the evidence mounted, the case against Picton became overwhelming. When Willie Picton was finally arrested and jailed, he was charged between February 2002 and May 2005 with 27 counts of second degree murder. 20 more counts were added after he was convicted. He was ultimately only convicted of six counts of second degree murder. Oh my God. He ended up, he did end up getting a life sentence with the minimum of 25 years without the possibility of parole in Canada. That is the maximum sentence that you can give. Uh, not that this fucking matters literally at all whatsoever. And they can suck a whole fat dick. The Van, and I quote, the Vancouver Police Department issued a public statement apologizing <clears throat> for the delayed and inadequate, and it, fuck you. Anyway, um, 
<laughs> they apologized for the beginning. Gonna be one of them. Yeah, I mean, that's literally how I feel about... I, like... No. No. Immediately no. Immediately no. If that was one of my cousins <clears throat> or friends or someone that happened to... Especially twenty goddamn. What if it was? What if it was one of my friends in the eighties, and I'm like twenty goddamn years. I have no idea what happened to them. And then it takes till two thousand and five, and then they're like, "Oh, my bad." They were murdered in eighty four, and it two thousand and five, and oh, and he what? Oh, and he's not even prosecuted for their murder. Six. You found how many human remains? And how much evidence of how many women and six are all you convict him of? Okay, I'm going to need you to do better. Well, I'm sorry. Really going to need you to do yeah, better. Yeah, because I'm sorry is going like, to fix all that so, fucking shit. So <clears throat> much better. Um, Just quickly, what names they do have available? Because I always feel like this is important to do. Yes. Because these murderers don't matter. Fuck them. Um, the victims are the ones that matter. Uh, what names that they have when he was convicted? Uh, Serena Abatswe, Mona Lee Wilson, Andrea Josbury, Brenda Ann Wolf, and Marnie Lee Frey, and Georgina Faith Pappen. These were the ones that he was actually convicted of murdering. The other victims that he was accused of first degree murder, those charges ended up staying as of August of 2010. That was Jacqueline Michelle McDonald, Diane Rosemary Rock, Heather Kathleen Bottomley, Jennifer Lynn Firminger, Helen May Hallmark, Patricia Rose Johnson, Heather Chinook. Again, a lot of these names, you're going to know these are indigenous women. Tanya Aholik, Sherry Irving, Inga Monique Hall, Tiffany Drew, Sarah DeVries, Cynthia Felix, F-E-L-I-K-S, uh, Angela Rebecca Jardine, Diana Melnick, um, there is a Jane Doe, Deborah Lynn Jones, Wendy Crawford, Carrie Kosky, Andrea Fay uh, Borhaven, and Kara Louise Ellis. Um, Picton has also been implicated in the following murders, but was never charged. I want to read these names as well. Mary Ann Clark, a.k.a. Nancy Greek. Um, Yvonne Marie Bowen, B-O-E-N, and uh, Don Teresa Cree, as well as two unidentified women. Um, it should also be noted, I thought this was something really interesting, that in 2006, there was a young man by the name of Thomas Laudemy, who was a resident of Fremont, California, that claimed that he claimed to receive three letters from Robert Picton. He alleged that the letters stated that he was innocent, quotes from the Bible, and praises from the trial judge. Um, the news of the letter's existence was broken to the Vancouver Sun in September of 2006, and as of that date, neither law enforcement nor any representative of Picton has verified the authenticity of the letters. The Sun, however, has undertaken several actions to confirm the document's authenticity, confirming that the outgoing stamps are consistent with those of the North Fraser Pretrial Center where Picton was being held, confirming through a representative of, Can of Canada Post that the outgoing stamps are not forgeries, as well as confirming that the machine used to stamp, stamp the envelopes was a machine used at the NFPC, the North Fraser Pretrial Center. 
Latimer claimed not to have kept copies of the outgoing letters, and as of September of 2006, no more information on their existence has been forthcoming from Picton or his representatives. Um, Latimer himself has actually had a history of writing to accuse and convicted criminals, either using his own identity or the name Clifford Olson, or no, I'm sorry, as correspondence with a man named Clifford Olson, and other guises of a character he believes were more readily accepted by the targets of the letters. He's claims to be an aspiring journalist um, that wanted to use motivation in releasing the letters to help gain public insight into Picton. I don't think we need any more insight into Picton. I, I'm good. Do. I don't want any more. Thank you. Um, no, thank you. It should also be noted, I tried to find anywhere that was streaming this movie. I couldn't find it at all. There was a movie in 2016 that was released under the title Unclaimed, but in most markets in America, it was released uh, by under the name On the Farm. Um, uh, Rachel Ta uh, Talala directed it. I'm so I'm so sorry if I butcher that. I try so hard not to butcher her name. Um, I am a huge fan of Rachel Talala. If anybody recognizes that name, Rachel Talala worked on the first four. Nightmare on Elm Street movies, and she directed Freddy's Dead. Um, so I'm a huge fan of hers. From Bitch knows her what Freddy she's doing. Background. Um, I tried to find this movie. I I wanted to find it so bad because it seemed to be one of the only few. There's been a couple of movies, I guess, that have come out about Robert Pickett that have been grossly, you know, I mean, they're they take whatever credit they want, but obviously they're very inaccurate. But that was the one that was the most accurate as far as being true to the murders from the victim standpoint um i just couldn't find it streaming anywhere if anybody has seen it i i really hope it was good um also it should be noted that in 2016 there was a book that was claimed to have been written by picton titled picton in his own words that was released for sale the publication and marketing of the book initiated controversy, critical petitions, and actions by government to stop Picton from profiting from this work, from their work. Allegedly, Picton was able to get his manuscript out of prison by passing it to a former cellmate, who then sent it to a retired construction worker by the name of Michael Childress, who lives in Cal lived in California. Childress then typed up the manuscript and is credited as the author of the 144-page book. Provincial Solicitor General Mike Morris and an online petition on change.org that sought to remove the book on sale uh, on Amazon. Premier Christy Clark, uh, she's a former, Premier is basically considered like a head of government of uh, a certain part of Canada. So she was basically a Canadian politician uh, overseeing British Columbia. She expressed interest in introducing new legislation similar to existing laws in Alberta, Saskatchewan, Nova Scotia, and Ontario that prevent criminals profiting from such books. Colorado publisher Outskirt Press seized publication of the book and asked Amazon to remove it from their site after finding out that although Childress' name is on the cover, that the actual author was an incarcerated criminal. Um, that is not the first time I've heard of that happening where people where criminals have their own written work smuggled out and then someone else tries to publish it under their name thinking that that will help skirt it. the law and right. that they won't get in trouble um i know there's people out there that sell murderabilia i have been guilty of buying some myself but i will 
not and have not purchased anything in any way that goes back to profit the murderers. There's there's no way. There's no, absolutely no fucking not. way. Um I've never believed in that. I've never believed in that. There's one place very much I, I won't even name the site because I don't even want to get into that, but uh all the proceeds from any money that guy has ever made have always gone to vi victim advocacy groups because he himself had a relative, I believe either a sister or a cousin that was murdered. So anything that he has ever made profit-wise has come, all those all that money goes back to victim advocacy groups. So I'm not even going to name the site or name the guy because I'm not even going to fucking go there. If anybody knows what I'm talking about, you'll know who, because he's been on, um, he was even in one documentary that uh, John Borowski that did the Carl Panzeram, wrote the Carl oh, Panzeram yeah. book and the, uh, that documentary or? did the documentary, the, uh, uh, Alfred, uh, or, uh, God, we did a fucking podcast. Oh God. What was that guy's name? The one that killed the little girl and Albert Fish. Albert Fish. I kept saying Albert. Albert Fish. He wrote that book and did that documentary. John Borowski yeah. did a really good one about, uh, people that buy murderabilia. He was, and this guy is in it. So if you got, if people know what I'm talking about, you'll know the guy, but I just don't even want to mention it because I know people have their own things like, oh my God, how could you buy any of that? If it's going to victim advocacy groups and these people aren't making any money of it, then yeah, that's where I want it to go. Like, fuck them. Like, if anything, I, that's, that's where you would want it to go. Right. You know what I mean? And you, for me, I, you know, unfortunately. And unfortunately, as we've read in this article, the cops don't fucking do anything. So you think there's anything, you think there's any other type of help that these families are getting after being victimized and their family members being, they're not getting any help. Justice wasn't served for them at sure all. Sure as hell wasn't. So, okay, should, so should they get some fucking money? Yeah, they should so get some fucking money. So imagine that he genuinely, like the number is for sure 49. Right. 43 families didn't get justice mm -hmm. think about how many people that is 43 families not people families didn't get justice yeah like no damn good and well that he's the one that did it no damn good and well that there was you know i mean at least some, if not, an, you know, he was seen with them. He, they were at that club. They, whatever, whatever. But I mean, yeah, I just, uh, he's, he's now 72 years old of all things. Good for think. him. Um, he's as old as my age. Yeah. Manager. I mean, it's just, it's disgusting for, uh, I just think to myself, like, you know, and then that's the other thing that a lot of people don't, you know, and I'm I'm sure it's just as true in Canada as it is here that, you know, any taxpayer money that's going to keep him in prison. I don't know. I always go back and forth on death penalty cases. It's always so hard for me because I'm such a big believer in the Innocence Project. Mm -hmm. And I notably, uh, I mean, I, I followed the West Memphis Three case from you know very early on and and watched every documentary and read two books and just poured over everything I could about that and that's just a gross that was just such a injustice and someone almost died 
because of that. I mean, that very well could have happened. Very came very very close to someone being executed for the murder of three children that had nothing to do with it. So, I you know, I'm I'm always so torn and I know that's always so hard for some people because you hear you hear about people like Robert Picton, like Willie Picton and you're like, "Oh, fuck yeah." death penalty immediately you know there's i don't know how much more evidence you need you got skulls you got clothes you got fucking everything like hang this motherfucker gas gas chamber electric chair needle in the arm whatever the firing squad whatever the fuck you got to do like fuck this guy do it you know what i mean but then like you hear cases like Damien Eccles, you hear, you know, I, I still follow the Innocence Project a lot. And, a, you know, Josh Dubin, a lawyer that works with that, like, just today heard an interview of him talking about two black men that he was able to free um, after an overwhelming amount of evidence got got them. You know, so it's, it's hard. I, I, I'm always on the fence when it comes to the death penalty, you know, because... There are people where there's such an overwhelm, overwhelming amount of evidence where you're like, oh, immediately fuck them. And then people where it's almost little to nothing and a lot of it is racial or social bias and they're like death row right there. And yep. you're like, God damn. So I know that's a whole nother topic for another day. And um, also another big reason why we've, I know I've referenced the West Memphis 3 case a lot on this podcast when we've talked about it. And I know a lot of people are interested in it. And I'm sure some of you guys are probably like, well, why don't you do a podcast episode about it? I personally don't want to. That is a very heavy case for me. I get very emotional when I talk about it. Again, it's also one that involved three very young children who were murdered um, in 1993. And I was the exact same age they were in 1993. So that kind of fucks with me a little bit. Uh, I just, I have so many deep, empathetic ties to the case and have poured over it for a long time I I'm just it's too much for me it's too exhausting for me and to really do it justice I feel like we would almost have to do a two-part if not like a three-part episode to really dive deep into it and I just don't have the emotional wherewithal to do it and yeah, I and I know Casper be, doesn't either. We would be spanning just, over it almost a month. It's just too much. There's a yeah. reason why we do one true crime a month. Because <laughs> they're emotional and it's too much. And also there's been, you know, there there are some watch the watch the Paradise Lost documentaries. My God. They those the Joe Berlinger, those are those are masterpieces. Uh uh what's his name from Lord of the Peter Jackson did the last one. God bless him. Uh, read Damien Eccles' book. Read uh, Mara. We what is her name? I can't think of her name now. But there's there's been all kinds of books. Read the books. Watch the documentaries. Watch the movies. You know, if you guys really want to dig deep into the case, there is a wealth of knowledge and interviews and everything else out there about it. We just again, there's a reason why we only do one true crime a month. They are exhausting, and it's just when especially first... when it's a case like that. Yeah. You know, that gets... Well, even when we first started doing the podcast, we did... I think we did two true crimes back to back. Yeah, we did. And, and I was, was like... It, because the Ted Bundy one... The Ted Bundy one was rough because... I don't think I realized that Wikipedia put the details that it put yeah. in there. And when I was... I was just reading that and I was like... Wow. Like... 
it's it's so much to take in. Well, and I don't think I realized the movie, the Netflix movie had just come out. The documentary had just come out. Again, Joe Berlinger was involved. Um, and uh, just from some deep personal thing that things that have happened to me, I got very and and some things that had actually just happened to me recently. I got very, I, I got more triggered by Ted Bundy than I think I had ever had in the past by, I knew every, I mean, I knew all about him. I right. knew his story. I knew what he looked like. Same. I knew what he did. I knew the, I knew the whole bit, but because more recent events that had happened to me deeply personally, when I really started pouring over it and I started like hearing him in my head, I was having nightmares. It was it was drudging up a lot of uh, traumatic things in my own personal life. Um, I have PTSDs. I was, it, it was, I was having flashbacks. It was, it was, it was affecting me on a personal level. And then it really made me realize, and I think made Casper, even though Casper didn't have the same type of traumatic connection to it as I did, one thing it definitely made us both realize is that these true crime episodes are draining and we absolutely can't do more than once one a month. It's just too much. Like the people who do only true crime podcasts, I'm like, bruh, you aren't an empath because how, how could you do it? Like it's so reading the details of what these men do to these women is exhausting. It's awful because your brain is like, this isn't a movie. This is real. This actually happened to people. Yeah, people that can shut that kind of stuff off and just go about their day, you're not... This isn't saying that you're not a good person or that you have no heart. It's just, you're not an empath. Mm -hmm. You're not. So, yeah. <laughs> it's too... If you can listen to stuff like that and you can do true crime podcasts all the time and you can research stuff like that all the time and you don't get tired you're not an empath that's just it's the truth also and i just want to preface that we are not talking about now there are some there's unfortunately a small handful of them but there are some and i hate to put them in this category but there are a handful of true crime podcasts out there that are actually actively talking about cases that they are trying to help mm -hmm. um there's one in particular. Good for fucking them, too. That's her, awesome. Uh, this girl, her sister went missing. And I found out about her from Mile Higher podcast. And she does Voices for Justice. And she actually does active uh, cases. Some older cases, but some that are actually active cases where people are missing or have been or were murdered and their case is still active they don't know who did it or whatever she does episodes to actually try to aid in police and gain evidence and have more people speak out about trying to solve these cases so big ups to people like yeah. um like sarah who do podcasts like Voices of Justice that are actually, it's not just a true crime podcast. These people are actually actively trying to solve these cases. And also in her case, she has a special connection to it because she, her own sister went missing. She, she is a part of a true crime case herself. Mm -hmm. She's actively trying to 
plot twist, uh, her father possibly murdered her own sister. So that that is a crazy, y'all get, get, look up Sarah Turney, get into the mile higher thing. If you want to get deeper into that case, it's fucking nutty as shit. But big ups to people like her that are actually not only delving into true crime, but actually actively trying to help these people. Now that is something I could definitely not take up on myself. hundred percent good for them. That's yeah, fantastic. that's that's where you're you're doing God's work there. That's, <laughs> you're that's, doing the Lord's you work, are, that's you for sure. You really are, man. <laughs> but um the saving grace in all of this is that at least uh Willie Picton will never see the light of day. So I mean good for fucking him. He's he's not out there doing this anymore. So uh and hasn't been for quite some time. But, uh, yeah, fuck that guy. Fuck Vancouver Police's, uh, apology. Like, that's all I got VPD. That's literally all I got Vehicular penis disorder. <laughs> that could be a real thing. Vomit penis disorder. That could be a real thing, too. Veen peen. <laughs> I'm gonna vomit. Oh my and god. We got into the smells and then you had to say that and Well you were the one who didn't know what I was talking about when I said Jesus cheese. Oh, we went off on a whole different thing. You were like, yeah, and I was like, okay, no. No, I was the one that was thinking fucking smegma and you were the one thinking if the thing I had never I had never <laughs> heard of smegma. I've never heard that as a like Thank you, Cards Against Humanity. Yeah, I'm like, oh, great. That's awesome. So you know how you could lose? You're supposed to, but we never played like this. If you get a card in Cards Against Humanity and you don't know what it is, if you Google it, you lose points. We never played like that. And uh, I got the Smegma card. I don't even remember how fucking long ago this was. And I was like, what the fuck? And I Googled it and I was like, what? What? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Delete history. <laughs> I knew what it was from being from having medical experience. You poor thing. I'm I so just sorry. didn't know Jesus cheese was a slur for that. I had no. I didn't know there was any slurs for that. I just knew what it actually was because I was like, oh yeah, I was in the medical field. I worked in a nursing home. Oh I my knew god, Jesus fucking Christ. Um. Anyway, <laughs> this has been a very uh, stomach churning episode. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I, we should have put a disclaimer warning that you should not have eaten before or after this. We are so sorry. Go get you some Taco Bell. There you go. Or some Pepto-Bismol. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Actually, if you're definitely going to do Dr. Taco Bell, I recommend Pepto-Bismol either way. So, just saying. I, when I tell people, I'm like, how fucked up is my body? I can eat Taco Bell and not get sick. That's how fucked up my body is. <laughs> um, I just, anything now, just, it doesn't matter. I don't care anymore. I'm gonna enjoy my life. I just don't care. <laughs> Will this make me sick? Probably. Are you gonna eat Probably. it? Probably. Yes. Uh, yes. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Both of my parents are now in their 60s and they're both lactose intolerant, which guess what that means? Risk and reward, baby! I'm, I'm gonna eat a shit there ton is of cheese and I'm gonna take a fucking Imodium. There is a great <laughs> video out there of a guy that was talking about basically being lactose intolerant. Like, does that mean you're gonna stop? And he's like, hell no. Right. Risk and reward, baby! Exactly. Yeah, it's like my, my roommate Danielle says, I, I can't eat ice cream. It makes me sick. She's like, do you want ice cream? And I said, yeah, let me take a pill. <laughs> let me take this pill real quick. It's gonna help me out. <laughs> 
I took a pill and it breathes. Like, let me just be happy. Let me just enjoy my I'll pay. Life. I'll pay for it later. Let me just be happy in this moment. Like, I'm going to enjoy this in this moment. Okay? It's literally the little things. Okay? It is, okay? At this, at this point in life. <laughs> and when there's a fucking restaurant that's got motherfucking pumpkin ice cream, I'm going to eat it. Oh, especially pumpkin ice cream? Oh, forget it. That's getting, that's getting got. Because the cone has this, yes, ma'am, has this pumpkin swirl thing. It's a pumpkin cheesecake where it's pumpkin ice cream and then cheesecake bits and waffle cone bits. Bitch. Yeah. Everybody's up here like, um, I'm freezing, but I'll eat that. <laughs> Are you eating ice cream in 30 degree? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I am. Anyway, because I may be depressed, but at least I have <laughs> less depresso. More espresso. And yes, I am that bitch that will get iced coffee in 30 degree weather. I did it last week. That's what you do when you're gay. And depressed. <laughs> like I said, less depresso, more espresso. I was like, how gay am I? It's 30 degrees and raining and I'm buying an iced coffee. This is you. I wish I had a fucking glass I could do this with, but how gay am I? <laughs> and I straight up did. Walked back to my car with my umbrella in the rain. <laughs> Why do we do that? I'm so happy. Why do we do <laughs> that? You gotta swirl the ice. I don't fucking know. <laughs> I don't know why I do that too. I do it. <laughs> Everything is mixed up in the cup and I'm still like just mixing it up. And I'm like, yeah. I guess because of the wrist, it's the wrist. It's That's the wrist. what it is. it is. It's It's a comfort. That's what us and queers do, to. us gays. You have to. Us gays and lesbians. We're we're letting you know. It's like the universal sign. Like, do you remember that song when it was like, um, when it went ding, and if you were gay, you you went like this. I was like, what the fuck do straight people do? Like, what, what do straight people do? Ma'am, I've been asking myself that question my entire life. I have. Though, if anybody would like to write in, if you're straight, what do you do? Because... <laughs> what do you do? Because we flick our wrists. Us, we don't know. I'm not on the straight side of TikTok. I don't know. That I'm... was a whole last trend. But every time I saw it done, no one was ever straight. Same. So. So, yeah, you tell me. I don't help, know. Help us gays. I don't know what y'all do. Help the gays. I don't know. I can't even drive straight, so. I can't even think straight. <laughs> Ever. Ever. I like, I'm, I'm, yes. I like my women like I like my pet country roads. Long and curvy. <laughs> Dead. <laughs> anyway. The tangents we've gone off tonight, I have it's to say, this fun. has been fucking great. It's been great. Sometimes you just need it. We need, I need, we need. So guys, next week, would you like to say what we're talking about next week? Sure. Um, since we're both fired and no i'm just kidding um we're yeah we're fired no next week we are actually talking about the uh this case is fucking awesome um and we haven't talked about aliens in a while either so we need some we need some good old alien honestly talk it's this, here at this is gonna make me want to watch the fourth kind um 
We will be talking about the Betty and Barney Hill abduction. There is going to be a series of alien abduction docs coming out on Discovery Plus on February 18th. We love Discovery Plus. We love it's Discovery five bucks Plus. a month. Just, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's got everything. But the paranormal side of it is fucking awesome. And these documentaries, there will be one not only about Travis Walton, but also about Betty and Barney Hill with a bunch of new evidence and interviews. And I am I'm excited. really fucking excited to watch it. So um, You did say the 18th, right? Yeah, it's going to be the 18th. So that will be the Friday after our episode on the 16th. So uh, yeah, tune in next week when we talk about that. That is going to be a fucking awesome 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 episode this I'm is excited one of the too. it's one of the most popular documented um abduction cases i mean literally right up there with the travis walton case it was funny i was actually telling casper i i remember and this is this is aging me but i remember watching fire in the sky as a kid being absolutely terrified and then watching the today show with bryant gumble was on there again i'm old and he was interviewing Travis Walton and that's when I found out that that was real. And I was like, yo, what? <laughs> Bitch, what? They do what? They do what? Huh? You did what? And then after that, I, you, you, you did, they did what? I started finding, you know, then I took the deep dive down into alien abduction stories and how insanely common they are. And holy shit, man. But I mean, you also get the ones where you're like, okay, maybe these people went on a bad acid trip and they think they got abducted by aliens. We're going on a trip. But, uh, the two, definitely, I would say the two most well-documented that I wholeheartedly believe in are Travis Walton's and Betty and Barney Especially Hills. because it doesn't matter. It's been fucking years. Well, yeah, Travis Walton's case never ever changes he's still alive i mean he the probably one of the more recent interviews he did where he was on uh the joe rogan experience and i mean not one single solitary bit of anything that he has said since it happened has changed it has not changed that's see that's what if if you've been telling the same i mean literally from the time it happened till now 40 plus odd years later and your story is exactly the same. Nobody keeps up a lie the same 40 years. Something will always uh, slip some, up. Something small will always, always, but it's a lie and it's always something real, real, real small. Like, I thought you said the sweater was gray. Well, no, it was red. No, well, first you said it was gray and it was red. Now you're saying it's blue. See, there's always something that will... His story every single fucking time has been the exact same story. So that right there i i'm i believe him i'm also hoping in the betty and barney hill case they're um so they had children and their granddaughter angela hill is a ufc fighter she currently fights for the ufc so i'm really interested to see if they'll interview her because uh her grandparents talked about it like this was some i don't i think she said her grandfather not so much because um i guess Barney passed away before Betty did, but Angela was old enough to remember Betty and uh, Betty talked about it a lot. So I'm kind of, I'm, I'm hoping that they'll either interview Angela maybe. or maybe some of the, some of the family. That would be, I would imagine that would, they talked they, about, because that they would be were really, really to fucking talk, cool. I would imagine. That yeah, that would, that would be fucking amazing. When I found out, 
I mean, I knew she was a fighter, but when I found out she was relate, like, that's their granddaughter, I was like, yo, what? That is fucking nuts. And the fact that, that she's actually old enough to remember at least her grandma talking about it, right. I'm like, that's fucking, that is bonkers. That is crazy. So, yeah, tune in next week. We're going to be talking about that. I am excited. Same. Yeah. Same. All right, my dudes. Well, you have, you know, all of the socials. We have Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at DFWTO Podcast or DFWTO8811. If you have any questions, concerns, or want to say hey, our email is DFWTO8493 at gmail.com. And of course, follow us and subscribe. Leave a review or a comment, as always. Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. We always appreciate you guys' support. We appreciate you listening. All the time. You guys Very are the best. So. Oh, and go buy our merch. Go do that. We have merch. We have merch. Guys, we do. Honestly, I need to get my ass in gear and posting more about that. Because I'm sure people have forgotten. Because I forget. <laughs> if I'm forgetting, I'm sure people are forgetting. And we will um, we'll run another sale soon. Yeah. Um, we could do like a little spring sale or something. Probably. Well, next month, St. Patrick's Day. We could do something. Yeah. Around, uh, around spring, whatever, whatever. So, yeah, we'll try to throw in some type of uh, little sale soon. I know that helps. But, yeah, we do, guys. It's in the... Uh, there's a link in the bio to the Instagram page. There's a link on the um, link is it's in my bio. Yeah. It's in my bio on I have a link tree on my Instagram. It's there. So everything is on that link yeah. tree. It's so convenient. So 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 convenient. Yeah, definitely buy our merch. Represent. I'm gonna wear it to Whorehound. Look at you. Look at me. I'm gonna wear my kick-ass scream shirt that I still haven't ordered yet. <laughs> but I but will. You're gonna. But I will. But you're gonna. Because I am. Because <laughs> I have to. But you're gonna. All right, guys. We love you. Be safe out there. And remember, don't, don't fuck, fuck with, with the, the original. original. Have a nice week.